Welcome to Live on Purpose Radio with Dr. Paul Jenkins, where you will hear inspiring stories of ordinary people doing extraordinary things. Feed your mind with a regular dose of positive energy and show up for your life every day on purpose. Living on purpose means that you have a purpose and you do it intentionally. And now, here's your host, Dr. Paul. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Live on Purpose Radio. This is Dr. Paul, the shrink who expands your life with another episode of Live on Purpose Radio. Joining me today is an author, a speaker, a trainer. She is the vice president of a law firm in Los Angeles. And she's just a crazy Greek that wants to help a lot of people. I've also found that she, like myself, tends toward pathological positivity. And I love that because I think we need to spread some of that like a virus. Marilena Filaris, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Dr. Paul. I'm thrilled, thrilled to be on it. I've been listening to your podcast for a while, so I'm really excited to actually be on it. I am glad to have you as a guest today. You're doing some fun (laughs) things. And your book, let's just talk about your book briefly because that has a lot to do with your story and where you're coming from. The book is called Enemies. I'm not even sure if I'm pronouncing that correctly. It's a cross between women and enemies. Yeah. enemies. Correct. <laughs> and how to eliminate them. Correct. Marilena, this is such a fun concept. And I know just from knowing you a little bit that this is not about how to fight. This is not how to be in it. It's how to eliminate women enemies. And you've taken an approach to this that comes from some of your personal experience. Can you share with us a little bit of your story, where you're coming from and how you got here? Absolutely. Well, I I really, really appreciate that. Um, And the title of the book is exactly what you said, Women Enemies and How to Eliminate Them. And the book deals with a chapter Every chapter is an instance of how a woman can be an enemy to each other, um, whether it's intentional or not. There's a, par- a lot of par- aspects in our lives that we don't even know that we are having a negative impact, and sometimes we do. And it comes mm-hmm. from a vulnerable place and shows that negative in- impact. And then at the end of every chapter, there's a positive example and lesson kind of guideline for women on how to uplift each other and gives examples from my personal life of how women have impacted me and uplifted me Mm -hmm. Um, much negative that I've experienced. I've experienced 10 times more positive. So I always tell readers, yes, the title has, when you first see it, you might think it's a negative comment connotation. This is not about how to get somebody. It's basically how to have empathy to really think again and how you're treating other women and to lead by example. Um, It comes from a very vulnerable place. I started almost a decade ago. I was, I just finished uh, law school. I was engaged and I was contacted by the other woman in um, my then, which was very, very painful. Um, It wasn't part of my story. I had my wedding dress and everything. And I will say, you know, I didn't blame her. I, I focused on the betrayal. I ended the relationship. A year later, she contacted me and was very aggressive with me and started acting like I should back off her man, even though I had no contact with him like that. He actually wanted me back. But we went through two changes. 
I will admit, and I admit this in my book, the book has the email with, you know, names changed and everything. Um, I probably, I did, I did, I never swore, but I did stoop down to a little level because I was angry. Um, you know, people, some of my friends read it. They thought it was hilarious. They read it at bachelorette parties. So it did make me feel good, but I realized when I was writing it, I stooped down a little bit to her level. So what I did in a coffee shop in Santa Monica, California, I sat down and started writing different ways women are enemies to each other. And for the past almost decade, I've been adding to that. I've graduated law school. I've practiced law, which there are definitely instances where women can be enemies to each other, um, especially in the legal field, but in all areas of workforce. Um, going through the mother process, giving birth. I promised myself a week before I finished, uh, before I gave birth, I would I would finish the book and I finished it a week prior. Um, but, you know, what? I talked about my relationship with my mother-in-law, which, you know, is Greek mother-in-laws can be very strong and um, they <laughs> love their But all mothers, you know, when my son was in my stomach, I said, the thought of another woman coming in and taking him away, that's how women view it. And, and he was still in the womb, you know, he, and so I understand it's, it's sometimes not even about the other woman. It's about our own insecurities or anything. So it's really having, this book was healing for me because I thought of all perspectives and the last, uh, you know, one of the, the last chapters, don't be a woman enemy to yourself. Um, so I encourage everyone to read the wow. book um, because sometimes we need to be our own best friend first before we can be there 100% for other people. And um, my personal story comes from the fact that this book was finished when, right before I gave birth. Um, my father was coming from Greece to take care of my son and he ended up getting unexpectedly sick. I had just started a new job. I was a new mom. We just moved um, from Orange County to Marina Del Rey. And my um, father got sick. I was his caretaker for four months. When he got better and went back to Greece, he unexpectedly passed. So it was a whole, the 2019 had a very, very tough year. Um, My father always taught me, though, to, you know, use our experiences, anything we can to help others. And my last chapter comes from that because I was very hard on myself in 2019. I worked, I said, I need to be better at work. I need to be a better mother. I needed to do all this for other people. And I forgot about myself and I became a woman enemy to myself. And so that's my message to the audience as well. There is so much in that story. Marlena, I noticed as you were telling this story, it, it comes from a place of vulnerability, a place of coming up against in your own life the principles that have taught you so much that you now share in this book and this concept of women and women enemies wow, that's, <laughs> yes. I think it's my tongue title I get a peach impediment <laughs> I'm twixed. women enemies appear it's almost out of the blue this other woman that contacted you when you were engaged and it's not part of your white picket fence story that you had made up in your mind as you're trying on your wedding dress. Other yeah. woman? What? Yeah. And the interesting thing, Marilena, I did child custody evaluations for the court for about 13 years mm-hmm. of my career. And I saw some of the bitterest, most vitriolic women enemies in this context and they were all just people right 
just people, right? And usually pretty good people. Yeah. Who, for whatever reason, got into whatever circumstances they did. But then we make it into our, in, in our mind, we turn it into this, you know, spawn of Satan kind of a thing that this is a terrible, horrible, no good, very bad person. And it is my enemy. Yeah. And I think as I've, I've gotten to know you a little bit here and this concept of women enemies, it's not the person that's our enemy. It's our own thought process about that person. Correct. And, it, and that's what I also put in the book. You can't eliminate the enemy without acknowledging. But the enemy is not another woman because we've all been women enemies. I've been a woman enemy and I haven't been. The you other have one. been. I, you know, I, I've, I, there was a part in the chapter where it says, don't date your best friend's boyfriend. And I thought my friend was over it. It was, it was unintentional and it had been six years and she was engaged and I was about to date. I didn't even date. I thought about it and, and we were at a party and I was talking a lot and I, I told her about it and um, she got upset with me. And if I would have just came to her at front, but I talk about that experience um, that I went through um, yeah. with myself and I had no intention. I love, she's still my best friend and we got through it, but it was more of just not being upfront. And in my head, I didn't even think I was being up non upfront, but it's the, the thought process, but it's also the action. We've all done actions in, um, I was a woman enemy to the other woman when I wrote, I didn't have to respond to her emails and I responded back very viciously. Um, and I put that in the book. And so it's, it's our actions. And it's, if when we, one chapter is don't be a woman in the work, a woman enemy in the workforce, be another person's cause of stress and dealing with that, you have to look at it's the actions. The person might be going through something that's really hard for them and they don't know how to talk about it. And they might be not wanting to be that person. And they just might be going through a bad part of their life, but it's just taking the person and looking at the action and thinking, well, how can we change those actions to a positive? I want to comment about that dynamic for just a minute yeah. because everything I know about you is that you are kind and positive mm -hmm. and loving, even though you're an attorney. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I like to say recovering because I've been in operations and management for a while, but oh, yeah, there you go. Well, <laughs> I have a lot of really good attorney friends and yeah. I like to read them a little bit too, but you're, you're a kind, loving, generous, benevolent person. But when you esteem someone else to be your whim enemy, you show up in a way that violates your own standards and morals and ethics. And I'm sure that I know at times when I have done that, I'm not proud of what I said, for example. Yeah. Uh, and, and we've got this world of social media now where it gets enshrined forever. If, if you choose to post those vitriolic sentiments online, then it becomes part of your identity and it doesn't really even match who you are at your core. Correct. And that feels to me like an important thing for us to acknowledge because we have our own standards. And you said, I think the words you used were that you, you, shrank to her level you you went down to the tactics and that's not typical of her either i'm sure yeah 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 no it and it's it's really i mean it's easier to go negative um and i think our unfortunately yeah. our society preys on that negative one thing I, I quickly mentioned in the book is listen i i watch i've watched real housewives of 
Beverly Hills and Atlanta, you know, actually what I, I said, there's so many good that some of these housewives are doing, but where does the audience go? It goes to the negative. Right. It goes to the negative gossip. There are some very educated women that do are doing great things, but the show, and people can blame the show, but actually we should be blaming the audience. I can't tell you how many, um, you know, lunch break sessions I've heard over the years, women commenting, and they go straight for, did you see what she did? Did you see what she wore? And it, it really, it's our natural instinct to go negative. So when I went with the other woman to a negative spot, that was much easier than me taking the kinder route and going, you know, above. And I say that the way I lead, I don't lead with negativity or fear. It's much easier to lead with negativity or fear. When I lead with my direct reports and with my colleagues, I come from a place of positivity. And that doesn't mean being a Pollyanna. It's saying, okay, we have this issue. How, because they confuse it. And so you have, we have this issue. How can we turn this into a positive? What can we learn from it and make sure it doesn't happen again? Um, and I, yeah, so it's, it's really, it's every, it's negativity and fear, especially in these times are, are very prevalent. And um, if it's a harder to take the positive route, but you, you reward it 10 times over, over when you do. There's some natural reasons why that is, precisely the case. As we come back from this break, Marilena, I want to get into some of the psychological principles behind that because you've got me going on this. <laughs> Love it. Folks, when we come back, we will rejoin Marilena Falaris here at Live On Purpose Radio. We'll be right back. Are you ready to take your positivity to a whole new level? I've been enjoying these conversations with my guests at Live On Purpose Radio. My own story about becoming more positive is something that I've shared in my book, Pathological Positivity. And right now, I'm giving the book away. You just pay for the shipping. Go to drpauljenkins.com, spelled with a D-R, and click on the big orange button right there that will get you a free copy of my book. You pay the shipping, I'll pay for the book. Sound like a good deal? Power up your positivity and get ready to see phenomenal changes in your happiness, your relationships, your business, every aspect of life. Enjoy this free gift from me. DrPaulJenkins.com. And we're back. Marilena Filaris here at Live On Purpose Radio today. That crazy Greek that likes to help people. <laughs> and that's awesome. Some of my favorite people are crazy. And that, <laughs> you know what, Marilena? My, the title of my book, Pathological Positivity. Uh, you and I have had some similar feedback from people that maybe we push it a little to the crazy edge in terms of this positivity. But you said something before the break that really caught my attention. It's easy to go negative. It is easy. And I learned this very profoundly when my son took me on a hike on the island of Oahu up a sheer, steep set of metal stairs that scaled the ridge of a volcano. It's called the Stairway to Heaven. And it's about four and a half miles round trip on these steep metal stairs. And it, I have a fear of heights, okay? So it took some soul searching to get to the top of that volcano. 
And it occurred to me as we were hiking and as I was gripping those handrails all the way, my arms were as tired as my legs were. Because of my fear of the heights, I knew that if we lost hold, there's only one direction we're going. Default is down. And that's true on the stairway to heaven. It's true in the psychological physics, if you want to call it that, of negativity versus positivity. Without making an intentional effort, default is down. And you'll see that this is true in our relationships. What happens if you quit working on your relationship or your health or whatever, right? It goes downhill. You never hear of someone falling up. And I think this is true in psychology. So when you were talking about, you know, it's really easy to lead from a negative space. It's easy to respond to a whim enemy uh, with the same nastiness, the same low energy vibrations that are coming at you. It takes a lot more effort to, to step it up and go to a higher level. Yes, and if my whole point is if you think about all the energy that's wasted in putting that negative energy where it could be of creating, it, it's, it's basically basically stopping creativity, stopping a way to uplift and support. And when you uplift and support people in different aspects, they will only get better. Um, and I think a lot of the time people lead with negativity because A, they were mentored that way. Um, and sometimes something is missing in their life. I know when sometimes I've been the most negative, I was burnt out, I was stressed. I, you know, I chose to fall into my own life. And so I wasn't being self-aware of how I was projecting onto the world. I had to chuckle a little bit too, Marlena, when you said that sometimes people accuse you of being kind of a Pollyanna. Um, <laughs> chapter 11 in my book is called The Pollyanna Principle. You and I are leading parallel lives. <laughs> but here's the thing. You have, you have experienced some, some pain. And thank you for your vulnerability as you've shared with us some of your story of coming from a place of getting sucked into that negativity. I don't think that choosing positivity means that we're ignoring all the painful stuff. No. I think, it, like you were saying about acknowledge the enemy, but seeing it, acknowledging it. And Pollyanna was an 11-year-old girl who was orphaned. Okay, and at the age of 11, you know what's going on. That had to be the most painful experience of her little existence. But she intentionally chose to play a game that her father had taught her, the glad game, where you can find anything, uh, you can find something to be glad about in anything, anything at all. It takes effort because default is down. Yeah. So join the club. <laughs> well, you know, I disregarded, I was given that advice. Um, I was told when I was going to law school, you're too nice to be a lawyer. I was told, you know, when you become, when I became a manager at 29, make sure that you don't get walked over because you're just smiley. Um, I am not a pushover whatsoever. I know when I can stand up for myself, but that's even in a positive way. Um, I believe that when you're positive and accepting and you create a welcoming environment, you are much better of a leader, of a friend, of a mother, because that person is going to feel comfortable being vulnerable. 
but you have to be vulnerable first. I'm vulnerable when I'm okay with saying, I don't know, and asking my direct report, can you help me? They will want to help you and lead. My, I was influenced by an amazing manager for four years who was vulnerable with me, gave me tough love, but was very direct. And I knew that her intention was to get me to the next level. It was never a negative space with her, even when I messed up. And um, she made me feel comfortable to come to her when I messed up and walk me through things. And I always try to take her lessons and, and pass it on and pay it forward. I think this is at the core of your message. You're saying that we need to uplift and support each other. Yes. Be nicer to each other. Is, is that a fair summary? It's a very fair summary. And, and unfortunately, people just say women need to be nicer to each other, but we have to understand why we're not being nice to each other. And that's what the chap each chapter does. And mm -hmm. it's in writing examples. And that's the feedback I've gotten. People said, I didn't even realize I have done that. Or that, or I realize I did that, but I don't understand the negative effect it comes to other women. And men, a lot of men have read this book and have really related to it because they need to be part of the solution. Mm -hmm. um, so it's, yes, that's the message. You have to be nicer, nicer to yourself and nicer to other women. And here are specific examples. You know, men have the bro code or there was this beer commercial man law you know, women don't have that. For some reason, when we see another woman, we look at them first with a guard up rather than let's let them be our friend first and then let, let's see who they are. Let's be at least welcoming to them. So, Starting with a more positive assumption. Correct. And that takes some energy because like we were talking about earlier, default is down. Yeah. And I think that some of this might be evolutionary too. Marlena, I don't know, that, that we see each other as potential competition or a potential threat. Um, and that just doesn't need to be the case. I think that's born out of a scarcity mentality as opposed to taking it from a more positive abundance kind of an outlook. Well, yes, and they, prior, I mean, you can see a lot of professions, there's only room for one woman at the table, long time ago. Now that's not the case. I, I, I challenge that theory. There is enough out there, but it's not just in work. I think that's what happens with families. Mothers get protective of their sons because they think that they're being replaced rather than welcoming another woman into the family when their son marries them and say, now there's two people at the table. Um, you do that with friends. There, there's not an you know, a limited or finite table. And if we viewed it that way, that there's as many seats as we want, and when we uplift another woman, it doesn't mean when a woman gets promoted, a lot of people say, why not me? Well, I'll say, well, great. How can I get there? Let me support her so she can pave the way so I can get up there too. Because people remember when you support them. So. Right. I, I love the intentionality of this approach. And it requires a little bit of a, uh, a shift, maybe a lot of a shift. <laughs> in our gut response because we're going to go with whatever we're programmed to do mm -hmm. and some of it may be biological or evolutionary I don't know but some of it may just be habits habits of thinking that aren't serving us well seeing other people as people not enemies people yeah. let's get clear about what the enemy is instead of maybe who the enemy is Correct. 
I agree. And it's also realizing, yeah, a lot of people are self-protective because they've been burned in friendships in the workplace and in relationships and, you know, family. So they put a guard up, but Mm -hmm. doing that, it's, you know, I like to say, you know, if I hadn't let go of my anger towards my ex fiance, I would have never met my husband who I'm madly in love with. I would have kept the guard up and not opened my heart to him. Um, and so I, I have a life way better than I would have dreamed of and a great relationship and a son now. So I think that's true in work. Yes. People have been, you know, I was hazed when I was a law clerk and I'm sure that female who hazed me was probably hazed herself in a law firm because that's what was done. But if you stop the cycle and realize just cause that was done to me, doesn't mean it's going to happen again. Um, right. and, right. and put, and letting that go. I think that's a, big part of it and focusing on the action rather than the human. This has everything to do with how we treat ourselves in the end. Toward the end of your book, you wrap it into this idea of don't become a women MET yourself. Yes. We beat ourselves up mercilessly from time to time. And I think that's another confusion of who the enemy is. I absolutely. And I, you know, Um, when you are your own best friend, if you, the stuff that went in through my head, you should be a better mother. You should lose more weight. You should work harder. You should be there for your family. You should deal with everything with grace. Um, and what happened? I wasn't sleeping. Um, I put on, you know, I was trying to help everybody else, but I would never say that out loud to my dearest friend, let alone my enemy. Um, it's, you're expecting the impossible of yourself. And you're, I'm so kind and accepting of my friends and family. So, and there's an internal, I mean, I've noticed it, especially during, um, you know, being a new mom, there is way too much pressure on new moms. And a lot of it comes internally because that's what we're taught. And we're afraid to say, this is hard. You know, I'm not tired. I can handle it. So I think when you're, when you start, you know, not just the oxygen mask mentality of putting your oxygen mask first don't wait for an emergency to happen. Just start taking care of yourself. Be your own best friend. And when you start thinking negatively, say, would I ever say this to somebody? No. What would I tell them? And I, that's the, and then writing in a grateful journal every night and what you're proud of yourself. And I think that's how you help yourself. And you will eliminate a lot of instances of being a woman enemy to another person because you're going to be very conscious of a lot more things in my personal experience. I love that. what we're talking about here is being being a friend being a support being uplifting to everyone not just others correct big difference between everyone and others right yes yes oh i love it the book is women enemies still hard for me to say that just you you say perfect women enemies (laughs) just combine the words women and enemies and you've got it uh, by uh, Marilena Felaris, who's been our guest here at Live On Purpose Radio today. Um, I'm, I'm imagining that people can get this book anywhere they like to get their books, but specifically on the website with the same name. Yes, there, there's womenemies.com, and there's a link. It's right now. It's on Amazon, um, and then yes. after next month, it'll be available Barnes and Nobles, but if you just go to the website, www.womenemies.com, you'll be able to, there'll be a purchase 
button there and you'll get to learn more about me. And there's a way there that they can connect with you. They can bring you into their event. Or you do trainings and workshops around not just the surface area of let's be nice to each other, let's not have women enemies, but getting into the core why does this happen and how we can address it? Remember the subtitle of the book is and how to eliminate them. Women enemies and how to eliminate them. Marilena, thank you so much for being a thank guest you, here Dr. at the Lumpers Radio today. Dr. Paul, it was an absolute joy. I, your positivity is contagious and I love speaking to another positive person. So thank you and for all the amazing work that you do. Thank you. And for everyone who's listening, I hope that like myself, you've been inspired by what Marilena had to share with us today. Visit the website womenemies.com. And now it's time for you to go live on purpose.